Welcome to another Take 10 with Jen. Get equipped in the supernatural. And now, here's Jen. Welcome back to Take 10 with Jen, a supernatural podcast. I just want to make sure you're getting this podcast each and every week. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review it, and share it with all of your friends. In this week's podcast, we're going to discuss how strategic prayer and your dream life are vitally connected. But before we go there, I want to make sure that you get my book, Prophetic Secrets. Just go to jenniferevaz.com and you can get it there in the USA or Australia. Now back to our topic. Well, I can't remember who began talking to me about having a coordinated and regular night watch prayer at my church. But when that concept was presented to me, I really didn't think it would work. I mean, would people really pray? pray through the night hours would anybody show up well after a discussion with the board member he convinced me that it would work and so I set up an all-night prayer service segmented into shifts and was pleasantly surprised at the turnout we continued having night watch prayer for a while but due to some leadership shifts I had to let it go because I couldn't oversee it I learned, however, that night watch prayer is not something you wait to have everything in place to do. You just do it. And so we had a gap, a season where we did not have night watch prayer. And I realized through that experience, the potential consequences of not covering the night with intercession. Well, a few podcasts ago, I mentioned how Jesus would appear to people in their dreams. And as a result of this encounter, they would give their lives to him. I've read several testimonies of people who were in religions violently opposed to Christianity, yet in the dream realm, they would encounter Jesus and they would turn from darkness to light. They would turn from their violent religion to Christianity. We read about the intervention of God in your dreams at night in Job chapter 33 verses 14 to 18. For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, while slumbering on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction, in order to turn man from his deed and conceal pride from man. He keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. I know of a pastor who was not living for God whatsoever. Well, Jesus appeared to her in a dream and showed her what would happen if she refused him. She saw and felt the perils of hell in her dream. Then he showed her what he had for her, a life of ministry, standing on a platform, teaching the people. And in that dream, she gave her life fully to Jesus. And she is a powerful pastor and minister today, all because of a dream. We know then that Jesus can turn a person in a dream. But if Jesus can step into your dreams and do that, then Satan can step in as well and attempt to bring you into bondage through that same realm. It was during this period of time when our church did not have the night watch prayer that I came under intense spiritual warfare. Two situations to be exact and both starting in dreams at night. Did you hear what I just said? These two situations began in dreams and happened during a time when we did not have night watch prayer. Well, I'm going to talk about one of those situations right now. And then next week, I'll talk about the other one. But to give you the background, it was 2002 and we had just introduced our church to the gift of prophecy. 
We had engaged a biblical training model to activate and teach people how to walk out a supernatural gift with impact. It was well received with many from our church participating in this training. I was amazed to see people ministering in the depths they had never experienced before. A year into this new ministry, I had a very disturbing dream. The dream was about a blonde woman who was holding a small white dog, and the dream took place in a very specific location in our city. In the dream, she had kidnapped my young son, who was three years old at the time. And like any mother would, I went straight after her and demanded she let my son go. The intensity of the dream made me feel as though something was wrong, but I didn't understand why. The next day, I went about my normal business and happened to arrive at the same place where the dream had its setting. As I walked into a place of business, I noticed a woman holding the same dog I had seen in the dream. It was not the same woman, but it was definitely the same dog. At this point, I was sure something was wrong. That terrible dream was beginning to show up in my real life. One thing led to another, and the following three years were unbelievable. I had never experienced so much accusation, backstabbing, contention, and rejection from people, many of whom were close to me. Our prophetic ministry began receiving unfounded accusations in our church from several directions. The last summer before this began to turn around, I was invited to teach a workshop at a popular school for the prophets in the state of California. It was rough getting there, and my husband had also contracted viral pneumonia just a few weeks prior to this venue, and he was recovering. Despite all of this, it was a great week at the school, and I came home very encouraged. The weekend that I returned home from the school, I went to our prayer chapel to pray for a little while before our weekly prayer service began. I was in good spirits and entered into prayer joyful and peaceful. Then, as I began to worship, the atmosphere took a sudden shift. I could tell I was dealing with a strong demonic power, the strongest I had ever encountered to date. Strangely, words of judgment began to flow out of my mouth, something I had never done or heard anyone do before. My words are not nearly as poetic as those spoken by the Old Testament prophets when they pronounced their judgments, but what fueled my words felt similar, and I could feel the power of God underneath them. I commanded, you're done. I'm destroying you. I'm taking you out. And I was not speaking to anything human. I was definitely addressing some kind of spiritual entity. I called upon another intercessor to come to the church and pray with me. When she arrived, I randomly asked her a question that I didn't normally ask. I asked her if she had experienced any dreams recently. And she replied that she did have an unusual dream, only she didn't understand it. She had dreamt about me, specifically that I had hired a hitman to kill a blonde woman. Well, when she said that, I knew in my heart what was going on and had a sense of what to do about it. We left the prayer chapel and drove to the location depicted in the dream three years prior. As we stood in the middle of that field, I looked up to the sky and I shouted out the prophetic word. I shouted, release the angel. In other words, the hitman to destroy the Jezebel spirit in the name of Jesus. And you could feel heaven moving in response. The Bible says the saints will worship God with a sword in their hand and execute the written judgment. That's in Psalm 149, verses 6 to 9. All I know is the spiritual warfare connected to the prophetic ministry awakening in our church. Well, it suddenly got traction. It was no longer a target of accusation and contention. 
Furthermore, I took note that the warfare that began in a dream also ended through a dream. And we began to relook at our prayer covering in the night seasons as a result of what took place here. I just want to thank you once again for listening to Take 10 with Jen, a supernatural podcast. Also, help me to get this podcast and other resources around the globe. Go to jenniferevaz.com and just hit the donate tab. Thanks again for listening to Take 10 with Jen. For more resources and to become a partner, visit us at jenniferevaz.com.